It's time for another edition of Family Life Today, presented by Power to Change, known in America as Family Life. Welcome. We trust you'll find today's program interesting and hope it will be a great encouragement to you and your own family situation. So let's join our presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. One of the things you talk about quite often is that I'm joyful. Football? <laughs> Besides that, yes, football for sure. <laughs> but I've heard you say, like, oh, she's so joyful. And honestly, sometimes I'm surprised by that because I don't see it. You are surprised? Yeah, I am surprised. Like, really? Do you see that? All I know is a couple of months ago, you had a day where you weren't positive, and I felt like I can't function. No. If my wife is a positive, I fall apart. It was like I, I realized, wow, you are such a source of strength for me because you bring an optimism and a positivity. And when that was lacking that day, I was like, wow, I want that and need that so much from you. Thanks for saying all that, by the way. That was really nice of you. Do you think it bugged our kids, though, when they became teenagers? Well, they've told us it did. (laughs) (laughs) I think they told us that yesterday. Can you just have a conversation? It's like, Mom, could you just empathize with my pain rather than just telling me it'll be okay? Yeah, because I'm always jumping to, but God, right. and sometimes I wasn't good at sitting in their pain with mm-hmm. them, and I'm still learning how to do that because I hate seeing our kids in pain. But why are we talking about that? Yeah, well, we've got Kay Wyma back in the studio with us today. Welcome back to Family Life. Thanks so much. Kay, that, we love having you with us. Oh, man, it's just so fun being with you guys because that is one bear of a topic because <laughs> watching someone in pain is so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've written a book called The Peace Project, which yeah. is a 30-day experiment of being thankful and choosing kindness and practicing mercy. But I could tell, even as you were talking at lunch and then reading through your book, you've gone through mm-hmm. hard times. I mean, we all have in the last couple of years. You, and you have five kids. Yeah. And most of them are adults. Yes. And you have a 14-year-old. And yeah. you've been married over 25 years. Yeah. So you've lived through some pain. We have definitely lived through seasons of extreme hardship. Yeah. So talk about... What we were just talking about, how you choose and thankfulness, positivity, even trying to lead that and model that as a parent with your kids. So I think I'm so glad that you said positivity because it's got to go deeper than that. Mm. Because if it is the positivity, then I'm in trouble because then it's going to sound like they have to feel good all the time. And that's going to leave them flat. Me too, quite frankly, because there are legitimate sad days. And we've definitely, man, we've had some sad days, really, really sad. Hmm. But hope reigns eternal. And that's the key. And it's not that you're glossing over no, the pain. Never. I think that's the difference. Right. If you're faking positivity. Or just wanting it so badly, you can't hurt. Yeah. Um, the truth is, this world is full of hurt and full of not great things that happen to really great people. We talked about that too. Bad things happen to good people. Um, good things happen to bad people. I mean, there's just, it's not always an A plus B equals C. It just isn't. You know, in the world's economy, it's, it is. Like, if you do this, then you get this. And mm-hmm. that's what we strive for because we live in this world. And so it's all been said. If I do these things, yeah. then my kids will have this GPA. If I do these things, they'll get on the team. And I know that your kids haven't made the team or gotten the part they wanted or been left out of a party or all these kinds of things that would trip us up if we really buy into that ideology, then I'm handing a whole lot over to an outcome, a Mm -hmm. ton. And these are human beings 
And they're worth a lot more than handing them over to stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Why does Solomon say that we can live all of this stuff with joy? Because joy isn't circumstantial. It just isn't. And when hope reigns eternal, it is the person of hope that has defeated everything. Mm. And so so for me personally, I have lived a lot. I've lived calling out the name Jehovah Sabbath, which is Lord of all the seen and the unseen, especially in a carpool line, because there's a lot going on. There's tons going down in that world in a middle school or in a yes. grade school or whatever that is unseen. And we know how bad that can hurt. And to be able to put it in the place of the one who who all of that bows to, that changes things. So that when that kid gets in the car, that stuff is real and it's legit, but it doesn't own them. So what's that like? We talked earlier about how you started this 30 Brave project and you brought your kids into it. I did, yeah. And so let's say, you know, you're practicing thankfulness. Right. And you've got a middle schooler that climbs in the car that just had... (laughs) A terrible day. Yes, I might have done that, and I think it was on our first day, actually. Was it? This kid gets in the car, and I'm like, what do you have to be thankful for? And he looks at me, and he goes, nothing. And I was like, nothing? Nothing? And he was going, he looks at me, and he goes, not one thing. And I just was like, well, let me tell you what to be grateful for. You know, me. And I was like, I had just come from a funeral. And the day before, I'd been in a different funeral Mm. of a friend of mine who had cancer leaving her four-year-old. I still cannot believe I went there, but I did. did. I'm watching my child tear up because he's like, (laughs) which I would be too is a terrible thing to say to him. (laughs) Wait, at least you're alive, you know? I mean, it was awful. And and he looks at me and he goes, I just want you to know that the one thing I'm afraid of is life without you. And I just was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm profusely apologizing as we're all like literally bumping onto this road. So this isn't an experiment that was like, here's the golden things that happen all the time. I mean, it's just real. It's sort of like, we didn't know what we were doing. It sounded like a great idea because we had walked through some stuff that proved to us that when you practice these things, thankfulness, kindness, and mercy, it bodes well for you. But we didn't know what we were doing. And so that wasn't the just a beautiful highlight. However, as is so often the case, meeting it honestly, where I was like, that was wrong. I was wrong to do that. I am so sorry for me to give myself a break and go, I really am sad. I'm sad because I'm sad for what's happened. I shouldn't have like brought it out on that kid, but he meets me there too. And then he hilariously is finding something to be grateful for as we're leaving. But it just are these real moments. And for me, and this is just us. We have found that living life honestly next to each other has been the most helpful thing. I don't even want to talk about the hard stuff we live through only because it might make people compare and go, well, she has every right to be sad. Well, so do you and whatever thing is going on in your life. There are hard things. And to be able to openly, honestly meet these and live next to each other, not in shame. Yeah, and I'm thinking, how can a listener do that? Let's say they haven't really done anything like this before. And they're listening and maybe they're thinking, I'm going to do this. Yes. And so they... Please do. Yeah, they say they're sitting down at dinner. Maybe they have elementary to high schoolers. What would that conversation look like? Let's try. Will you try? This is something I want to try. I think it really will help you. And here's how it helps. So that when you're going down the hall and you feel like in the school, 
which are big and everybody's watching out for themselves because it is fight for yourself. You know, people's lives depend on it. Really, they feel like that. Their social lives, their friendships, and that everyone's looking at them. They all have this feeling like everyone's looking at me. One of the greatest ways to dial that one down, listen to someone. Listening is one of the biggest acts of kindness that Mm. we can ever do. Listening to hear and to be able to practice that myself so that I'm listening to my kids, hearing them rather than formulating an argument or what I'm going to say next. Actually, what it does to them is it makes them feel like a human being of worth. Okay. And then did you guys at dinner time, would you talk about how you demonstrated it or how it was hard? What did that look like? Well, we don't normally sit down at the table together. There was periods that we did do that, but as our kids got older, that wasn't really possible. And so our dinner time can often look like um, we're just on the couches, you know. Yeah. So I talk to them whenever I can. So you just I, take whatever opportunity moment do. you have. And and when years ago, I quit carpooling with people. I just decided that those moments of being able to talk to kids, especially a boy, were so rich Mm. that I never cared if they didn't speak, but I didn't want anybody else in the car that was not in our family just for those times. We did the same thing with family vacations. We stopped having their friends come for a while. It it seems selfish, but it really... Oh, there's we had some of the deepest conversations that maybe you wouldn't have. Yeah, Yeah, and there's something about being in the car, too. I mean, you're not looking at each other, so good stuff can happen in the car. Silence might happen in the car. You're sitting next to each other. You know, you're in the same space. So there's something good happening no matter what. Super inconvenient for me. But I have for years worked everything around those carpool times so that I could have those to be just exclusively for them. And that may not be what everybody does. Choose a few times to be able to just simply be in the car with your kids. You can say something or not say something because it doesn't always have to be a, quote, teaching time, you know. Just listen to them. Ask open-ended questions. What did you think about this without telling them what they think? The younger you can start doing that, the more they start formulating their own thoughts. And again, it's rehumanizing because most of the things in their world are objectifying them. It comes with grades. It comes with teams. It comes with like where you are on a ladder. Those are just part of life here. But those make a person an object because it's like if I have an A, I'm okay. If I have an F, I'm not okay. You know, whatever those things are. And so anything we can do to rehumanize these amazing people that are next to us, Mm. that are yours, because you can love them really well, like better than anybody. So do it because they just want to be loved and they want to be seen and known. And guess what? You do love them. Like Mm. we do all this stuff because we love them. Spend time with them and like them, too, because they're amazing people. One of the things that we did, too, is I always had food on the island when they were coming home because kids just congregate to food. And then as they're sitting around just eating, I would just ask some open-ended questions even about, you know, how did you feel today at school? And and a lot of times boys wouldn't answer that, so I'd kind of have to go incognito and ask some (laughs) other kinds of things before I went there. But I just wanted to hear how their heart was doing. But I like that idea of getting their eyes on somebody else Mm -hmm. and that mercy aspect and the kindness. We just did it. I was with our grandson at Christmas and he was Mm -hmm. two and 
I said, I grabbed him. I said, Bryce, like, let's look around. This is what I said to him. He's two. And I think it can start so early. Oh, it can. I, let's look around. And, and then I said, Jesus, who would benefit from this $20 mm-hmm. bill today? Like, I she, told you, she's always given strangers <laughs> money. We were, in, we were in Chipotle. Yeah. And, and so I came I, back to the table, and they had this story. So I just said, did you see anybody? And then this man was walking by, and he bumped into both of us. And so I whispered in his ear, oh, that's the man. Oh. And so I said, excuse me, we just wanted you to. And this little two-year-old, he sticks out his hand, and he says, Merry Christmas. Oh. And he hands this man this money. And um, this guy's like, hey, dude, thanks, man. That's amazing. Thank you. But I just thought, man, it's never too early to start to be praying. It isn't. And I love that you brought that up. I had uh, one of the gals. I don't have young children anymore, but I've had a reader that has reached out to me on more than one occasion because her daughter has been so impacted by this book. (sighs) And um, even going to soccer practice, uh, she shared a story about how the, the days had been tough because her best little friend wasn't talking to her anymore. Mm. And it was getting very uncomfortable. And so they had started reading this book together, she and her little daughter. How old was she, do you know? I think she's probably seven or eight. Uh. I mean, not very old at all. And so she texted me and she said, my daughter just got out of the car. And when she did, she got out with a different attitude than she had the days before. Because for a second, she started to think about the why. Like, why is my friend not treating me very nicely? And she realized that there was stuff that was hard that was going on in her life. And so she took that moment to move it to compassion instead of doing what we do. Where does her like, well, if you're going to treat me that way, I'm going to treat you this way. And it shifted her. And that was a little child like really and that's where it's sort of like why should we do this stuff because it can change a generation you want to know how to be able to have a congress that speaks to each other like kindly and nicely with respect start grooming it from the very young age and by the way it makes them feel good it's not like do this do this do this they're doing it because it makes them feel better which is where I hope that we get like to where it's just a reflex to be able to instantly go to compassion just in that I have no idea what's going on in that person's life or to the compassion with the people that are close to us where you kind of do know what's going on in their life, Mm. but you don't like them being mean to you. (laughs) Well, to be able to again go from a place of wholeness, which is what this mother was doing for that child. Let me remind you whose you are, whose you are and who he says you are so that she could even get out of the car and not have it be some over spiritual thing, but just be able to be nice to this little girl that had kind of been mean, mean to her because she was so hurt because we know that phrase hurt people, hurt people. But again, This isn't a call to be a victim. This is a call to come from a place of victory. Well, it's interesting. Uh, One of the stories that you tell, I'll never forget, and I've never heard you tell it. I just Mm -hmm. read it, was when you pulled up, I think, to an intersection. There was a homeless guy asking for, tell that. Like I said, we've had some periods of really hard days, and a lot of them involving our kids, who I really love. And I really like them. I like them. (laughs) They're great people. And I was sitting there with one of mine that's very, very hurt. He's had some stuff that has just not been great that 
he's on the other side of that. As far as on the other side, he was on the receiving end of things that were not good. And we had been in the car. He was in the car with me. He wasn't saying anything. I was so happy to have him sitting next to me. We pull up to an intersection and it was during COVID times and people really are legit having a hard time. People still are having a hard time, even though we're glossing over it and making it look like it's nothing. Inside, just below the surface, there's hard stuff going on in people's lives. Mm. We pull up and there's somebody standing there that was asking for money. And at that period, I really did. I'm like you, Anne. I was like, what have we got? What food do we have? I roll down the window. I'm like, anything we've got is yours. I didn't have anything. I didn't have much. I think I had a $5 bill and maybe a bottle of water. It just wasn't much, whatever it was. And I handed it to him and I asked him his name and his name was Tuan. And I just said, Tuan, you know, this is all we've got. I just want you to know that I see you and I'm sorry for what's going on. And the Lord loves you. And he looked at me and he said, well, what is your name? Which I've never had that happen before. Mm. And I was like, well, my name is Kay. And he said, do you mind if I pray for you? And right (laughs) there in the intersection, he prayed for me and he prayed for all that was going on in our lives that he might not know about. Mm. And I was so moved by it. I didn't even know what to say. I I sit there because right there was like, it was like a piece of heaven was occurring right there in an intersection with two people from very clearly different backgrounds, different situations going on in our lives, but coming together in this way that was so beautiful and, and rich and powerful that I just wouldn't have expected at an intersection. And, and so I rolled up the window and I sat there with my son and I I just was, I was floored by it. And so was Tawan as he's waving us by. And I don't know what that did for him, but it certainly did so much for me because what I needed that day was that prayer that he prayed over me. (laughs) That's what I needed. And if our little somethings that we gave him was something that he needed, what a beautiful way to have two people be able to connect with each other. And I think that's such a big part of all of this. It's connectedness. It's rehumanizing. Because one thing about people, we're the Imago Dei. Like we're the part of creation that is created in his image, in the Lord God's image. That's a lot of people of great worth that are walking around beside us. Dare we see each other that way and treat each other that way? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, hearing you tell that story. It occurs to me that it's like, in some sense, you hear the story and you think, you're going to be a blessing to Tuan, uh-huh. and he ends up being a blessing to you. And if anybody probably could have been ungrateful, it's him standing there yeah. needing a handout from somebody, and somehow he's choosing... And you don't know him well, but he's choosing thankfulness. He practiced your project. He practiced kindness and mercy. It it brought dignity Mm. into everything. And then that situation was dignity. That's what the father does. Yeah. He always lifts us up Mm -hmm. and gives us dignity. And I think that's that's remarkable. I mean, I was crying as you're telling it, just because we get to do that as Jesus followers and his children. We get to display his love. Yes. And we need each other. We do. We really do. Mm -hmm. All I know is reading your book and talking to you is I want to look up. I want to look around, Mm -hmm. 
it could be a stranger at an intersection. It could be my sons and daughters. It could be a neighbor. They're around me mm-hmm. to be seen by me. And you said mm-hmm. it earlier, I get to love them for Christ. Christ is going to love them through me. That's and I can't key. do it if I'm not grateful, kind, and merciful. It will not happen. But if I can allow his power to fill me, it will overflow literally into my cul-de-sac, yes. into my family room. Which is such a mysterious and weird thing to say. <laughs> it is. You know, because like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I don't know, but you get to live it. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe there are things we can't put words on. Hmm. And I feel like that's one of them. Because what does it mean for Christ to live Mm. through you? What does it mean to be his hands and feet? Mm. It's unbelievable when it is. And that's where I think it's the sole difference. Me too. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America... The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to impact marriages in your community? Consider hosting a day together, a one-day marriage conference that focuses on developing oneness in marriage. We have trained speakers that will come to you to present humorous but biblically sound messages of hope. For more information or to get started today, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website at families.powertochange.org.au under the Conferences tab. We hope you can join us again on Monday right here for another Family Life Today.